Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Sale Ring. I've got two great guys in the studio today, Matt Dye and Adam Keith. They're with United Country Ridgeway Real Estate out of Mansfield, Missouri. Guys, how you doing? Doing well. Very excited to be here. It's good to have you in Kansas City, man. You're here on training. Yes, sir. Yeah. How'd the training go? Fantastic. Awesome. They loved it. Great week. Loved every minute of it. Awesome. Well, this episode, just for the listeners out there, is going to be centered around, um, you know, management of land, management of wildlife, um, a company that you own that does that, as well as your real estate business down in uh, southern Missouri? Yes, sir. Yeah. So you guys have been in the real estate sector for a few years now. And, um, you know, as we get into the show and kind of start talking about what your background is in real estate and, and how you've transitioned over, I know that you're recently have joined the United Country office down there and you're pretty mm-hmm. excited about that. So Matt, let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about, are you guys both from the Mansfield area? Originally, I'm from Virginia, but I moved out to the Midwest and now live just outside of Mansfield. Okay. Virginia transplant. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Chiefs fan? I'm not a huge football fan. I got Well, be it takes honest. a while. It'll grow on you. If I were <laughs> to choose a team, sure, I'm going to go for the Chiefs. Okay. We already got one in. <laughs> How about you, Adam? Uh, you know, Mansfield's a small town. Very small. Like, when people ask me where I'm from, they're like, oh, it kind of sounds like Mayberry. And I'm like, well, before Mayberry, there was Little House on the Prairie. And that's actually where Little House on the Prairie books were written. So it's kind of like I'm small town, but we had baseball teams. So I'm a huge baseball fan. And I won't tell you who my team is just because that's a, I'm in dangerous territory when I start saying that's that. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. Two of them, there's two of them in, in Missouri, for sure. You got the, the Cardinals and the Royals, and one of them are having a fair year. Yeah. The other is not. Yeah. yeah. I will share this. My middle name is Brett after a Royal. Okay. Uh, because uh, after George Brett, my mother was a big Royals fan. But um, early on in my life, my dad pulled me to the to the dark side. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad pulled me to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have a choice growing up. Do uh, you go to the Cards games? Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, I've been in that stadium, and it's uh, it's awesome. They they got a great downtown over there in St. Louis. For sure. A great stadium. Yeah. Mansfield is, um, it's kind of in the thick of it, you know, it's, it's a, sure enough a rural area mm-hmm. in, in the state of Missouri and, and we're, uh, we appreciate you guys making the trip up here, not just for the training, but hanging around to be with us in the studio today for the podcast and absolutely a few of the things I want to cover. So give me a little bit and we'll go back to you, Matt. Tell me about your background, just, uh, from Virginia, you're out here, how you got in real estate, but yeah, I grew up in Virginia, lived there for about 20 years of my life and grew up in a farming family. We had cattle crops, everything. Thing. Um, went to school for, got a biology degree, and then a concentration in wildlife management, and then went to Maryland, worked for a private wildlife firm, and then transitioned out to Missouri, did the same. And then Adam and I split off and started our own company. And just as we started that company and started working with landowners across the country, it's like, why aren't we doing real estate? Why aren't we in that game? And just have kind of branched out into um, doing real estate as well here in Missouri. And as we'll talk about, kind of across the country. Yeah. Very cool. You guys started your own company. What's the name of that company? Land and Legacy. 
Okay, Land and Legacy, and that's a management company. Mm-hmm. Yep, we focus on land and wildlife management, traveling to private landowners across the country, working with them, trying to understand their goals and objectives for each property, and then developing and writing plans based on the habitat recommendations to get them to those those goals. And, you know, I'll build on what Matt just said, kind of the background is we come from very similar backgrounds, but we have a unique way of getting there that at the time probably didn't really make sense to us on why we're going this route. He's a wildlife guy. I'm, I'm passionate about wildlife, but I actually studied agriculture in school. I went to a small pr- uh, private Christian school where the ag program was a lot of hands-on on the farm. There was a beef and cattle and dairy right there on campus. So um, I was studying agriculture and it was kind of like, I don't know if this is where I'm going to be long-term, but I really am, I, I'm interested in this, but I'd like to be on the wildlife side. And at that point in time, wildlife jobs were very limited. And so was like, I'm going to go this route. And then, of course, he was on the East Coast doing the wildlife route. And over time, we blended into this land and legacy management company where we work a lot more with hunters looking to improve their farm for hunting for the native species. But also we deal with some guys that are, are cattle farmers, but they want to have good hunting. So it's trying to blend the best management practices of the cattle that can help the wildlife to where they can have the profit from the cattle, but also the great hunting from the, for the wildlife and the management. So Most, okay. most farmers love to hunt and have that land to hunt on too. So we wanted to marry the two of them together. And that's his background, my background in education just works really well together to be able to produce a plan and, and manage properties for people. Absolutely. That complements that. Yeah, we're seeing a growing trend out there with farmers. If they can maximize that farm's investment by offering and, and increasing the hunting and recreational potential while still managing it for, for livestock, for cattle or horses or mm-hmm. small grain operations on part of it, it's just increasing the overall value of that asset. And you well, guys contribute out there, obviously, to certain elements of that farm and improving that. Right. How'd right. you guys meet? We met at a, a another wildlife firm, and I came out during my college career to be an intern there. It's funny when I was talking about, we get that question all the time. My first day as an intern was his first day, Adam's first day as a full-time employee. So he's a couple years older than me, and but we kind of started there and met there day one and have been friends and co-workers ever since, really. Well, you say a couple yeah. years older than you. What, he's 22? You're 20? So, <laughs> I wish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 30, 30, 31. Wow, why do I keep saying that? I'm 31. Yeah. 26 for 26. me. There it is. He hadn't said yeah, it, it but, uh, you know, we started out as friends, co-workers, and then uh, over time, he left to go back to finish up school. He came back as a full-time employee, and before he got back, my wife was already working her magic, pulling the puppet strings. And so he's actually my brother-in-law now. Oh, it's true. Yeah. It's All true. right. Yeah. So you've come we, full circle. That's right. That's it. We've married yeah. the sisters and, um, which honestly it works out nice because we travel so much and we live close to one another when we're gone, they're back home together. You know, yeah. you're not having to leave and like wonder about your wife and you know, they're fine. They're independent yeah. Yeah. people anyhow. So <laughs> they're very good. cool. Well, yeah. that's awesome that that's worked out also. And yeah. you guys clearly have built a great relationship. How, uh, how did you get into real estate? Oh, gosh. We got confronted. It's, it's funny. So when I moved out to Missouri, my parents bought property in Missouri as well. And I met that agent and, you know, had just always loved land and every aspect of it. Um, kind of continued a relationship with him. And then as we split off um, to do land and legacy, I was like, well, what about land? And he actually contacted us um, about becoming agents under him. And he was with a different brokerage, Mossy Properties. That was kind of like the initial, hey, 
what do you guys think about this? And, and he contacted us and honestly, we were so young into our company. It was like, we really want to focus on getting this, the foundation built and not try and take on something else. And I was like, a month earlier and then I guess I don't know two months really later he called back he's like really you guys need to do this this is going to help you guys it's like okay let's let's really seriously talk about it I have two two things that come to mind when you ask me how we got started in real estate I remember the first time that it really kind of crossed my mind was a uh, we were doing the land and legacy and I had a big landowner contact me and said hey I understand you're not a real estate agent and I and I'm trying to sell my property and I would like you to come and look at it and see if you know somebody one of your clients that might buy it I'm like, okay. And I go and see the property. I'm like, how big is this? And he's like, oh, it's over 800. It's 820 acres. I'm like, wow, it's a big property. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, what I'm asking is, it was, it was 1.7 mil, something like that. And I'm like, oh, and he goes, I'll give you 6%. And I'm like, 6%. Okay. And he goes, actually, you know, if you get it sold in this amount, we'll do 7%. And I'm like, then in my head, I'm starting to punch 7%. the numbers. And I'm like, well, wow. actually, hold on, <laughs> hold on. I, I'm not even an agent. I don't think that's legal. So we're going to have to work on this. And it was like, I need to get my real estate license. 7% of that. That's, that's pretty good. And then, uh, a couple months went by, and we're on another property, and uh, the landowner's like, hey, I'm, I'm looking at this property. Can you just come up and, and buy this property, or tell me if I need to buy this property? And another listing agent was there, the guy that actually had it, and, it, and we start touring the property, and he's saying, you need to buy this. This is awesome. There's big bucks. There's all this. And then from our background, we're looking at the habitat, and we're going, Mm, it's going to take, take a lot to get there. I don't know about this. And so then it was like, you know, I don't know, not to down not to down anybody, but I think there was a lot of a lot of stuff out there where it was like, I think we can hold off on some of these purchases or find the right piece for the right buyer. And so they can be off on the right foot and they're not having the dangerous game of maybe buying the wrong piece just because of somebody's sales pitch. So it was like, we need to be agents because we need to help people on their, fam- on their farms. Mm-hmm. So you got your real estate license at that point? That's right. Yeah, yep. we started the class. And Which, that's all that coming together is about that same time that that agent had reached out. And it's like, okay, this is an opportunity. Let, let's let's really look at this now. Yep. Let's really take this to heart and, and get those licenses. Instead yeah. of just being land consultants, now we can be land guys. We can help you with the initial purchase, the selling, the overall improvement. Maybe you want to make it investment properties and you want to buy it, fix it up for three years, and then turn around and sell it. Maybe let's do that. that and awesome. Kind of a one-stop shop, if you will. Yeah. Very good. So you hung your licenses with, um, I assume, a local brokerage there. You mentioned Mossy Oak Properties. Yeah. They got a recognized name out Mm -hmm. there. One of our show sponsors, as you know, is United Country Real Estate. Right. And uh, you guys have migrated from Mossy Oak over to United Country Real Estate. Hence the reason you're in Kansas City today taking training. That's That's right. Yeah. What's the, uh, tell me about the advantages out of curiosity as you migrate from one brokerage platform over to another What's uh, what's the advantages to you? My gosh, I don't even know really where to begin after this whole week. We've been in Kansas City since Monday, and it's Friday now, and just been getting so many tools thrown at us for agents to be able to to use um, in every process of of real estate. Not to not going to put down any brokerages or anything, but those weren't available and aren't available to every other agent out there. Kind of feel like we've got a really diverse bag of tools that we can take to a listing or utilize when we're, we're trying to um, get a buyer to a property. And they're incredible, like think, huge databases that no one else, it's proprietary to I, United Country. And that's huge. To me, it'd be like if I ask you, hey, I need you to be down at this lot on Friday, we're going to start building a house. Okay. And you show up and I'm like, I got everything provided for you. We're going to build this house. And you show up, 
and I don't have any tools for you. And you're just like, what am I supposed to do? Just use my hands? Like, I get, okay. And now with the switch, the United Country and all the tools you guys have trained us on this, this week, it's like, you know, now you've given us the bag of tools and you showed us how to use these tools. And now it's like, I almost feel like, I told Matt this the other day, I almost feel like I'm playing video games with cheat codes now. Like, there's just, there's so many tools that that's we hilarious. have. So yeah. it's just, Video it, games with cheat codes. <laughs> that's what it feels like. It's like superpowers right I now. I told you, you guys look young in here. <laughs> and no, I didn't even awesome. play that many video games, yeah. but I definitely know what that's all about. So You know, there's a lot of brokerages out there, and, and not being from other brokerages myself, I have a real estate license. I've been in the auction business for almost 30 years is how we got into this podcast and but I haven't been with a lot of different companies and mm-hmm. not having that exposure. One thing that's becoming prevalent is there there is a wide amount of diversity between one brokerage and another as far as the tools and the services that they can offer and that's Very one of the reasons we like having United Country Real Estate as a show sponsor on here. I mean, they clearly in that rural land marketplace, they're just killing it. You know, they're they're dominating out there and I know that uh, Dan Duffy and Mike Duffy and, and the guys that have built United Country Real Estate have done a great job with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you made your leap over from Mossy Oak. Now you're with United Country Real Estate. You just went through the training here. Tell me about that. How was the training and how long is it? Just out of curiosity. It's how- a week-long training, but for us, we're, we're land guys. We want to be out there on the land uh, as many days during a week as we can. But this was like, okay. We've we made a transition. We want to understand really the power behind United Country, what they have to offer. It's like we need to take the time to go up there, spend our week in a hotel, and really understand what we have accessible to us. And it was well worth it. Absolutely. How to generate leads, how to how to find those properties and how to find those buyers and in the past, where we came from, the website, the only time we used the website was when we were uploading our listings. Now we have the ability to use our website, your guys' website that you've created, to find those leads, to dive into that huge inventory of potential buyers, and then run down those leads to find them for the properties we have or the properties that are for sale in the area, to where it didn't even, honestly, it didn't, didn't even feel like we were in real estate that much before. Yeah. And it's cool because even if you're working listings or, you know, you've got some listings and a little bit of downtime, you can go into the the website and, and if you've got another office listing, say say Adam's got a really nice farm, it's like, I'd like to sell that. I can go in and find people who've been looking for similar properties, send that directly to them with a couple of clicks. It's that simple and it's that crazy. And I don't know of anybody else that's got something like that. But allows you, even if you're home working, I mean, you're you're selling real estate. To me, cool. the one thing I really enjoyed about this uh, week was learning the history of the company. When you guys tell us mm-hmm. 1925, wow, that's a, that's been a, that's a long time ago. But then we get that. The one thing I probably enjoyed was that 1928 catalog. Yeah, and a, a I'm, yeah. I'm flipping through that. And I've I'm seen just, that before. It is pretty cool to go back so and look cool. at that, the, the old legacy catalog. That's that right. Yeah, it's that's just pretty neat. incredible. And, I, and I'm flipping through it, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's three listings for my hometown of Mansfield. And I'm looking at the prices, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And to <laughs> yeah. think that, that this company has been doing real estate since the mid-1920s, that's a long time, a long history to really it's just a great track record that you have to, to basically sell yeah, land, yeah. buy and sell land. 90 years, and, and what we learned this week is that you guys have built the infrastructure within the company, and it shows that that experience has gotten us here and, and you guys where you're at, too. 
of all the tools that are, that are yeah available. they've done well United Country's done done really well and and uh, again you know they they're one of the sponsors on this show the sale ring mm-hmm. we uh, we're proud to have them on here so let me ask you guys about land and legacy real quick we talked about wildlife management timber management what other types of management do you do on farms oh gosh it's I, pretty I, it's comprehensive to, yeah <laughs> it's kind of hard sometimes to to put what we do with land and legacy in one sentence it's it's really what I guess to describe what we do is when we show up to a property, it's it's looking over the whole property and saying, okay, what is here? What what are the goals of the landowner? Does he want better hunting? He wants better habitat. Those are usually what we find is with our clientele. They're looking to improve their hunting, improve the land. Okay. And so we look at we're looking at it and going, okay, what's the native habitat? What is he, what was here before something happened? Was this a prairie? Was this a, a forest or an oak savanna or an oak woodland or a, a limestone glade? What what was here? And how do we get it back to that? Because our our mindset is that the most productive ecosystem was when it was managed by Mother Nature, when it was managed naturally. Before uh, settlement came in and yes. interrupted yeah. that. Before man screwed it up. That's, That's right. exactly it. Yeah. Yep. And so we look at that and say, and, okay. And woman. Yeah. Hey, they're to blame. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 50% right there. Right. But and, and so we're looking at that land and saying, okay, let's improve this for the native habitat. What was here? Are we looking for more native grasses, wildflowers? Are we looking for better trees or more sunlight coming to the forest floor? That's what we're looking for. And so we're helping that landowner put the plan in place on how to get there. So it could be a timber harvest. So they make some income and then take a portion of that income, put it back into the management of the land. Or maybe it's just implementing more prescribed fire so they can control some of the invasive species that are there. And it's really diverse because... Every property, just like if you were to go to a listing, every property is unique and different. And so the approach to manage that property and its resources are completely different because each one is at a different stage in its kind of life and in its, um, I guess, distance away from what it should be, most likely. And so our, our approach and techniques and recommendations change with every single property. But that's the, the basis of, that's our approach when we get to a property. That's what yeah. we want to basically convey to the landowner. And for us, I mean, we grew up, I grew up poor. Like our, our family farm has been in the, fa- in the Keith name since 1952. And so I grew up wanting to manage that, but we didn't have a huge budget. So it was like, how can we manage on, on just work rather than finances? And so our landowners, there's a lot of times where we get there and they're spending bukus of money trying to make it something that it's never going to be. And it's like, no, we need to rearrange this. We can make it very, very productive, but we just have to rearrange the way we manage it. And and at the end of it, you're going to save a lot more money and your wife's going to like us a lot more. A lot better. Yeah, because <laughs> it's uh, sometimes you get there and, and, and wildlife consultants get a bad rap for it. And, and well, there's a lot of truth to it, but Any we can consultant. spend the landowner's money quicker than they can because we can just come in there and say, you need to buy this piece of equipment. You need to do that. Sure. You need to do that. Yeah. And for us, it's like, no, we need, to, we need to do it this way. And a lot of times we ask this question on almost every single console. What does your family get out of this? What is it that your family likes about it? Because and my wife's not a hunter. Matt's wife's not a hunter. There's a lot of wives out there that aren't hunters. So a big part of what we are trying to do as well is get the family involved in the land, not just the dad. And so that may be planting more wildflowers for the pollinator species. Sunflower uh, patches is Sunflower big, patches, huge. yeah. Just, Everyone loves family photos around the sunflower patch. Absolutely. That's a way to get them there. So kind of, a, I guess, the, the fine print of our business is how can we get more people to enjoy the outdoors? Very cool. So it's safe to say instead of being just good stewards of the land out there, you're, you're stewards of the relationship. 
relationship. That's it. You're yeah. looking at the relationship with that client and I can do a lot of things with this lamb, but what best fits your mold? Mm-hmm. What you're looking for for long-term use and enjoyment, right? Hence yeah. the name. It's almost like we exactly. put the name right there. like that. Not just the land, but land and legacy. That's exactly. it. There yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So you're born poor. Yep. I'm born poor. Matt clearly yep. was not. <laughs> he's, <laughs> what gives that away? <laughs> he's coming in here with that fancy shirt on. Oh, yeah. yeah. That I got for free. <laughs> <laughs> you got good friends. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little. So I was wondering if you could verticalize out there just in, in kind of bullets. Wildlife management, timber management, uh, grasses. You look at grass and... Prairie restoration. You know, Okay, yep. that's a, of, a great word. A lot of cost share options too. We're we're pretty familiar with some government programs that are most landowners are eligible for. So, what kind of benefits can they get if they enroll the property or portions of the property into these programs? They'll get money back into their pocket or tax breaks for enrolling their property into these programs. Short-term or, or long-term. A lot Correct. of those like conservation easements are in perpetuity. So that may there may be some restrictions that come with that. But then mm-hmm. there's also some term programs like CRP. Correct. Um, you know, WIP, the WIP mm-hmm. program. And there's a WRP. Whole, yeah, yeah, there's a whole variety of those out there. Exactly. And that's probably one of the biggest things that we've learned since we've started consulting is that most landowners aren't aware of those programs. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to, they would, qualify for them, but they just aren't aware of it. So they're spending all this money out of pocket and they're like, I I didn't know about that. Aware or apprehensive of them, which is totally fine. As a landowner, you want to protect your asset, but I think it's important to just, for us, educate them on what that qualification is and what it means for that property or portions of it to be enrolled in this program. Once we understand that, a lot of times it puts people, landowners at ease and they're like, oh, actually I will do that. Yeah, it makes sense. That's awesome. Guys, we're going to slip away and hear from our sponsors. But when we come back, what I want to ask you about uh, landowners. Some of the people listening to this podcast are going to be landowners that may be contemplating uh, improving the value of their land. Let's be thinking on break about the top two or three things you typically see out there that are quick enhancements on farms. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? unitedcountry.com over 30,000 farm recreational and lifestyle properties are just a click away helping people find their American dream for over 90 years we will help you find yours log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom crude oil natural gas coal Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Thinking about selling a real estate investment but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you 
have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. And we're back in the studio with Matt and Adam, United Country Ridgeway Real Estate out of Mansfield, Missouri. They also own a management company called Land and Legacy. These guys have been doing it right uh, down there in that Mansfield area and most of Missouri. They travel how many states? Oh, gosh. I think we're up to 17. 17, yeah. From Delaware to Texas and from Michigan to Alabama. And I think we have one on, on the books probably coming up from Minnesota and everywhere, everywhere in between. In between. You guys are on the road all the time. Yes, sir. Yep. Very nice. Licensing issues and any of those for the management company? No. Okay, so you can go no. in and kind of counsel and advise, and it's it's kind of like construction. Mm-hmm. You can do that uh, on the land. However, obviously, in the real estate sales, there'd be licensing yep. issues. Yep. Licensed in any other states for real estate besides Missouri? Not yet. That's this fall. We're going to be setting out to do that a lot more right here in the Midwest. Yeah, um, what's your target states? I would say Kansas, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri. Probably Kentucky or Arkansas. Ohio. Yeah, yeah, in Ohio, we've got yeah. some eight some clients over that way that have twisted our ear about doing some real estate stuff. So I will tell you from Southern Missouri, whenever you get into um, Iowa, um, Illinois, mm-hmm. uh, Indiana, Ohio, the farm values go up dramatically. Way we up. they uh, they have a United Country office up in Upper Sandusky, Ohio, and and they are constantly selling farmland up there from seven thousand to thirteen thousand an acre. I just can't fathom that. We can't you know, scratch that in here, Southern Missouri. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we have of course clients across country, and when we talk about when we look at their land, let's say we're just going and and they're saying thumb up, thumb down, should I buy it? And we're like, okay, what is it? Oh, it's it's this many acres for this amount. And then we're going, we could buy a farm that's three times that size back home for the same price. Uh-huh. Like, it just blows yeah. my mind. That's the cool thing about Missouri, especially southern Missouri, at being agents there is ground is cheap. Like, you can buy it and have a little bit of income and recreate, and it and it makes financial sense. Like, you're not breaking the bank and going to these other areas. So, it, it's kind of a hotbed for that. Well, there's, there's a couple of principles that I've always heard behind the land business, which is where I cut my teeth a lot of years ago, is one, you make your money when you buy farms, not when you sell them. you got to be conservative in that acquisition. Right. Number two is the farm economy and the farm markets will not let you be that um, liberal in your operations anymore. Mm-hmm. Very conservative. You've got to diversify. And then you've got to start creatively thinking, which is what you two gentlemen do yep. with yeah. farms and saying, we can enhance the value of this farm that you've acquired or that you have uh, had in your family for many years by doing these th- these three things. Before we slipped away, uh, one of the things I was setting this up for was kind of the top two or three things that's in the holster for management companies like yourselves that most landowners could readily do to improve the value of their farm. Maybe three or four of those things. Give, give me some examples. One that... Is just around the top of your head all the time is a good, well-developed road system, and for us, you know, being around recreational properties, hunting properties, we kind of want that a good one, at least a, a solid one around the boundary of that property to then be able to enter and ac- exit cleanly when we're hunting. Um, interior road system is super important, but having a good, well-developed road system that's easily maintained 
and that's smooth to ride. That, especially if you're going to come and show somebody that property, they want to know they're not getting their truck scratched up, this and that, and they just want to see the property in its entirety. And a property's only as good as the access. So if mm-hmm. it's a great farm, as habitat speaking, but there's no road to really move and around that property, it it's not as beneficial. It doesn't hunt nearly as good. No, and so and using a lot of the habitat. I mean, a lot of our our landscape was shaped by fire pre-settlement, and so prescribed fire is a natural way of managing the land. And so we preach prescribed fire so much across the country, and a good road system is a great way to use prescribed fire to its full benefit. Definitely. I come from different parts of the you know western Oklahoma, southwest Kansas, where we we use a lot of prescribed burns out there to clean mm-hmm. up grass fields, get rid yep. of a lot of noxious weed and. Fight. Eastern red cedar encroachment, probably. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah, Western, Western red cedar out there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh, but absolutely. So we're talking about road systems. What is, um, kind of, take me through that process, just really at the 5,000 foot level. You have kind of undeveloped roads. You got the cattle trail going through. What would be a process to developing like a road system? There's a couple, the couple easy ways. And now with these uh, mechanical grinders that they, they put on the front of a skid steer that's yeah. just... Forestry mulchers. I yeah. mean, they're so fast and they clean it up so well that you can grind it all the way down to the dirt with a lot of them to where you don't have to worry about stumps. You just grind it, keep on moving. Um, the other acres one is, and acres in the day. I've right? seen I've seen yes. one of those in action before. Those things are a beast. Mm-hmm. A beast and mean, they're, and they're so yeah. good as long as you're not dealing with huge trees. If you're dealing with huge trees, of course, we don't want to preach push over 200-year-old white oak, so it's trying to maneuver the roads around those, but using those forestry head mulchers and then also just a dozer or a, an track excavator, yeah, yeah, a track loader just to push that push that over. Uh, we're probably seeing, I would say, more of the forestry head grinders and mulchers um, than we are the dozers anymore because yeah, they don't tear up as much dirt. Okay. And you can put yeah. different attachments onto it. You know, it, that machine becomes a multiple. It's like a Swiss army knife for people yeah. and landowners yeah. now. Talking about bobcats? Bobcats, like, yeah. Skid yeah. steer loaders. Yeah. And, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, Incredible. And that's where you kind of like prioritize not to go off on a rabbit trail, but we get this question a lot. What's the first thing I buy? A tractor? And it's like, I don't know. If, if it doesn't have road system, first thing I'd probably buy is a bobcat with the implements. Set the road system up, yeah. get everything there, then sell that, and then buy a tractor. Or at least rent. Or at least rent, that, yeah. That skid steer with the forester mulch. So once you, get, once you get that cleared off, Matt or, or Adam, you, you've got the trail kind of cleared off. Is there, <clears throat> excuse me, is there a lot of building it up? A lot of bringing in dirt and building it up, gravel, you know, low areas. I mean, do you see that a lot? It depends on where you're at in the country. We've got a client <laughs> in uh, Mississippi, and, and he was in, uh, gosh, honestly, it was pretty much just a swamp. And he was building up roads, but then he had very loamy soil, and it was super soft. But for us down in southwest Missouri, we're really rocky soil, so we can clear the trees, and that's that's a road. We've got gravel right that's there. It. We we. So many people curse rocks across it, but we look at it from the landscape and we're like, you know, you know I can the gravel's it. not so bad. Everybody preaches about or complains about, I got so much rain, now I got to wait for weeks for it to dry out. And we're like, oh, it rained yesterday, but we can drive on it today because we got yeah. the rocks. So, so it, it really depends go. on, on yeah. the region where yeah. you're at and the soil type. And, and, okay. and laying out the road system has a lot to do with the terrain. So we don't want to put the road system through the valleys where it's going to be wet, through the marshes or the just the the wet areas we want to try to put the road system around the perimeter but also take the dry ground find the way to maneuver through the property where we can avoid the the problematic areas 
All right, so we've got this this hypothetical farm out here that let's say I bought it. Max Matt's backed me with all of his capital, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> we've got the road system in. Give yeah. me a, give me another uh, give me another thing that we can do to improve the value of it. So one thing you see this a lot in listings. You see it across the country, pretty much minus the prairie areas. But timber value, timber values use so much. And if you're buying a farm for recreation, you're probably going to buy a farm that's got some some trees on it. Because if it's crop ground, they're probably going to put crops on it. So the hunting ground has typically got trees on it. How can we get income out of them? Because that's a long-term crop. That's not. We're not looking at a harvest every two years, like you or every year, like you would with corn and soybeans. But you're looking at long-term gains. And one thing about timber value is it's very underutilized. People do not focus on trying to long-term manage their timber. They're going to look at it and say, "Ah, how?" And it's the trees are growing. But if you've got closed canopy where leaves are, our limbs are touching, you're not getting sunlight down. Trees are growing a lot slower, and they're not as healthy. So. TSI, that's the the three letters you should focus on, timber stand improvement. Talk to a forester in your area and understand what species are there that are long-term financial, yeah, yeah, long-term value there. So a lot of times it's oaks or walnuts. So we're trying to eliminate the crap trees and release the crop trees. It's no different if you look at it like a crop field. Your timber is a crop field. You have to manage the weeds within that crop field to get the best yield we're doing that throughout uh, over a 10-year, 20-year lifespan. But when we do that and implement TSI on a property, the value that you can get and the income that you can have on that property goes up exponentially by allowing or utilizing um, high-quality trees and removing low-value trees. And the, the huge part about TSI and why we preach it so much is you get – if and it could be even doing a – as soon as you buy it, there is timber value, and you harvest those trees to help pay off some of the some of the um, – base payment on the ground. But then you have a, just an explosion of growth. Now we need to eliminate those weed trees and let those younger, the next generation of crop trees grow much faster. And when you do that, you've you've opened up the, the canopy and you've let sunlight come down the forest floor. Not only, only are we getting um, value from the trees, but we're getting now value for the wildlife. So it's the best of both worlds. So you're separating the trees out to let the sunlight and let the moisture and stuff come through. And, More and nutrients to the yeah, soil. Okay. When you All have right. sunlight to the ground, you have growth at the right and appropriate level to offer cover and forage for game species. Uh-huh. Whale, turkey, when, when white you look at when you look at where those species live, it's four foot and down or three foot and down in a lot of instances to where, okay, that's where they're living. That's where I want the most uh, forage, vegetation. forage, yes. And so you look at that, but then everybody likes the park scene where you can drive and you can see 200 yards of the timber. That's, that's not great for wildlife. No bueno for wildlife. And actually, that's, that's almost, it's the same value as the Sahara Desert, basically. Basically, minus the few months where they get acorns. Gotcha. You you mentioned earlier foresters. Are you guys foresters? Not licensed foresters. No, okay. no sir. So if you're on a project, you would mm-hmm. bring in a forester yep. to do. And yep. one of the things I've got written on this sheet in front of me about the the company and the process is timber cruise. Is that the right term? They you do can, a tim- yeah. timber cruise on it and evaluate yeah, yep. the timber. A yeah. forester would come in and do a timber cruise and okay. evaluate. And, and they'll look at a lot of different things, um, but a lot of states out there have within their government um, forestry management plans, which they will come in and do for landowners for free. 
So you don't necessarily have to, depending if you're ready for a harvest or whatever the recommendation may be from us, it's either get a forestry management plan to manage it in the long term or, okay, you're actually, you're ready for a harvest. So let's, let's bring a forester in to do that cruise. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. All right. So we talked about roads, just yep, building yep. infrastructure roads more more or less on farms. Uh, TSI, is that right? Timber That's stand right? improvement. Yes, timber sir. stand improvement, managing the timber. Give me a third one out there. Yeah, And I got to tell you guys, one that would come to mind for me is water. That's it. That's it. You know, up yeah. here, at least in this part of, of Missouri where we're located, I, I see these pit ponds or surface ponds all over the place from mm-hmm. the air. You get up in the air, every house has got one or two ponds behind it, it seems like. So yeah. water's got to be a big turn on. And as, as we're working with real estate, you know, you ask them, what do you want in a property? And most times, I would say eight out of 10, are like, well, I want water on it. If you can have water on your property, one, there's wildlife value, of course, but then there's additional um, recreational opportunities with water. If you have a stock, stock pond, a lake, whatever it may be, now you've got fishing to offer on that property. That will drive up the value. Um, and who doesn't want to sit on the back porch of a cabin Overlooking a lake and watching the sunset. Absolutely, right. yeah. got, the grandkids. got the fishing, got the boating, got the mm-hmm. swimming. If you're you know, in a you're flyway, just... you've got duck hunting. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. get a few mosquitoes. That's, That's it. right. Yeah. yeah. What's better than that? <laughs> All right. While we were on break, we were talking about uh, you, you guys have um, both of you combined in real estate. You've got a lot of different verticals that you're trying to serve. So it's not just recreational farms. Your agricultural guys, your mm-hmm. cattle, your horse guys, equine farms, uh, strict just recreational, and that could be ATV, could be you know a, a hunting, mm-hmm. it, mountainous terrain, flatlands out in the fields. But one of the things we talked about. So again, and and not to go back to your previous company, but to Mossy Oak, one of the things that I noticed about United Country is they had verticalized, I think it's almost 40 markets into segments out there called SPG, special property groups, and they've been pushing that really hard. Is that attractive to you? Is that something that you saw as you were coming on board where you have specialized service in each one of those key verticals to go after? 100%. Definitely. Absolutely. When you look at just a neighborhood or a county where you're doing real estate for us. And you could look at, let's just say, uh, these other brokerages that are designed specifically for hunting properties. They have that's, their niche. but That's, that's their niche. And where we're from, I mean, that's a very, very small market. We still have more cattle and timber properties. And so you look at these niche brokerages where they focus on hunting ground, but then you look at United Country, and that's, that's just one of 40. We have the ability to put all these listings together to where you have buyers for every specific property. And sometimes there may be a buyer who's looking for hunting property, but he may find the property he wants that might qualify as a cattle farm that he could convert to a hunting property. So it's just a, it, it's simply just a bigger market to where we had the ability to find more buyers. Well, and, and if you're an agent out there listening, you're kind of wondering about United Country, it's like you can now feasibly take on any listing that you want. When it comes to your door, you know, that may not be your specialty, but there are the tools and the ability for you to call United Country up and say, hey, where's your subject matter expert for, let's say, golf course properties? They have those here at United Country, and it's like, wow, I can actually list that now and service that listing instead of turning it away. I can sell that property. I and can do that. So it gives you confidence and a backbone and a, and a group of other people to lean on. So it means more business, honestly, for us as agents. And not just service, but service it to the highest caliber possible yeah. to where 
even if it's a, a property you've never a property type that you never worked, you can still provide a better service in another brokerage because you have a team around you that is specialized and, and has the ability to yeah. tap into a resource that is unmatched. Yeah, you didn't have those services or tools over at Mossy Oak. That no. surprises me. I've got some Mossy Oak clothing at home. I just I thought they had it all. <laughs> yeah. Now you know, all joking aside, United Country is it's it's a great company. And uh, today here in the sale ring, I appreciate you guys being in the studio. We've got uh, Matt Dye and Adam Keith again. They're with United Country Ridgeway Real Estate out of Mansfield, Missouri. Their management company is called Land and Legacy. They do a lot of habitat consulting, wildlife management, timber management. Great guys. Get to know them. How can they get a hold of you after the show? What's a great way to get a hold of you guys? We've got a website, landlegacy.tv, or we're on Facebook, Land and Legacy, and Instagram, Land and Legacy. And we and have also, now to we make sure, now to make yet, sure if we slow that down a little bit, because if somebody's listening, it's land and a, like A N D. That's correct. Land and Legacy.com. TV. TV. Landandlegacy.tv. And I'm fixing to explain why, because we have films that show a lot of our services and show a lot of the stuff that we do uh, on a day-to-day basis. So we have films on our website, but we also do the podcast, so you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher um, for Land and Legacy Podcast. Very cool. Adam, Matt, thanks, guys, for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure and tune back in for the next episode, and we will see you next time inside the sale ring. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.